This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. The Leafs live here. Orlov to center. Got it up on the right wing side. Just in over the line. Back to Orlov. Orlov to the near side. Pasternak doesn't shoot it. Orlov now with it. Closes. Shoots. Off a body wide. Penalty is three seconds left. Bruins with it again in the offensive zone. Pass to Pasternak. To Orlov. To Pasternak. Scores! Well, it goes into the books as a full-strength or even-strength goal, and uh, that's the game winner, as Bonesy described it in overtime. 2-1, the Bruins win over the Toronto Maple Leafs. Welcome to Leafs Game Night, the post-game show. Jim Taddy, Frank Corrado, and Jimmy Ralph is uh, hanging around to, to go over this in the first segment. Uh, Ralphie, I like the way you described it at the end of the broadcast. You know, it was a good playoff game. For me, the highlight was the Camp Lafferty and Aston Reese line. I thought they were fabulous. How about you? Yeah, and, and, you know, again, I know we keep bringing up Game 7 against Tampa last year. It's a 2-1 game, and um, and Nick Paul is a guy that, that steps up for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, uh, yeah, yeah, obviously you need that, that secondary scoring. And they brought some pretty good energy on, on other times where they may not have uh, generated scoring chances, but, but pretty good and impressive offensive zone time. Ralphie Samsonoff's another story coming out of this game. And I don't know if you heard us talking during the one intermission. We said we'd get your opinion on it. But earlier on in the season, it felt like there were times where he would kind of get beat off the wing and maybe he's off his angle a little bit. And you kind of know the the prerequisites as far as being a goaltender in the NHL. It's like if you can see it, you should stop it. If it's a straight line shot, you could probably stop that. It's like a warm-up shot in practice. It felt like tonight if Boston didn't have screens or bodies in the way or tips, it was like he was going to see it, he was going to stop it, and especially in tight, like he was really good in tight. Is that kind of how you evaluate Samsonov's game lately and tonight? Yeah, although, I I mean, I guess, um, you know, you look at the shutout that he had in Ottawa, I think the, um, I read the shutout streak he had, which was 114 minutes going back to the uh, uh, the loss that he had against the Islanders. Uh, the coil goal, I thought, was... Um, he made more difficult saves than than that opportunity that Boston had. Agreed. But, and and yeah. but you don't want to turn around and say, hey, that you know you lost two one in Boston. Uh, let's blame the goalie that it went overtime. But it was just um, it was one of those that it it looked like, um, as you said, Frankie, it would be one of those that it was just going to be easy. And I don't know whether there was a little bit of a screen in front. Um, I, I don't believe it went off anybody, but um, it, it was it sort of didn't fit with with the game he had to, to get beat from there. Um, but you're right. I thought uh, in tight, um, you know, Boston had a number of opportunities to win it overtime, and Samsonov was very good. So um, like Joe said when he was uh, on his way out here tonight, he said, I'll take that kind of goaltending in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely you would. Um, and, and I just I just like the nature of the game. Uh, you know, the the way the the Leafs responded physically. I mean, they they didn't get pushed around at all. In fact, they pushed the Bruins around for a lot of this game. I was pretty impressed with that. How about you? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you really saw the value of Jake McCabe and Luke Shannon in this. Um, you know, they, they had the forwards that I thought were very good on the forward check and taking the body as well. Um, but you really noticed the difference with Shannon McCabe where, uh, you know, they um, – uh, the, the sound uh, the sound feed was really good because you could hear uh, a lot of the hits when Boston came into the Toronto zone. So it was, um, yeah, from a Leafs standpoint, you feel like they're, they might be a little more battle-ready uh, than most years coming into the postseason. 
the the Luke Shen anecdote is an interesting one because it felt like on on that Charlie Coyle goal, Luke Shen had done two or three things where you're watching him and you're saying, "Oh, that's good." They don't have enough of that. Like he shielded someone off, he kind of boxed someone out, and then similar to a play he had in the first period, if there's not someone working hard away from the puck to get open for him, that's where he kind of gets in trouble with the puck. And he tries to make the right play. He sees he doesn't have an option, so he tries to go off the glass. He doesn't want to ice it, so there's not a ton of English on it. Ends up staying in. Eventually, Charlie Coyle puts it in the back of the net. But it's like, if you can see the good that he does, and then if there's just someone on the ice that could recognize, okay, this guy's got the puck, I need to help him a little bit and try and get open and help facilitate something, that's when you kind of see it really come together for a guy like him. Yeah, and, and in fairness, he had three guys coming on him. He's got, got the puck on the yeah. left wing side, three guys coming on him, puts it off the glass, and Brandon Carlo, who's six six, leaves his feet to jump up and grab it over his head. So... Um, you know, that's that's one of those things where Luke Shen did everything right except gauge the size of the defenseman that was standing on the blue line. So it, uh, th- that had to be as, as athletic a play, I think, you could see from a six foot six defenseman in the league to be able to jump up, grab it, drop it, and fire it to Charlie Coyle in one motion. So I think, on, um, you know, even though, you know, you could count it as a giveaway, I think, um, you know, Luke Shen made the right play under the circumstances. It's just Carlo beat him. I agree. And you know where the Leafs made a lot of the right plays tonight and a lot of the right reads? On the penalty kill. The penalty kill was really good tonight. A number of times where they were able to gobble up loose pucks, get clears at big times. They made it hard for Boston to generate like grade A chances on, on, on their power play. And even that one in overtime, like Justin Hall had some big clears. TJ Brody was right there with him. A couple block shots. As the penalty's expiring, Pasternak... Well, as it's expired, Pasternak scores the game-winning goal. But there's a number of times where you look at that penalty kill and say, okay, like that's something that can keep you in a game when the pressure's on. Yeah, and you know, obviously, you're not going to get a lot of four-on-threes when it comes to uh, uh, when it comes to the postseason. But yeah, there were there was some grit there and block shots and uh, won some battles. And um, it's just unfortunate they, they did make the right call on uh, the penalty they had originally yeah. assessed to Pavel Zaka. Um, but what I do find odd is it was the linesman that made the call that was standing at the blue line. Um, and what I found odd was, so they, they have the discussion, they're going to call the penalty and there's, you could hear the gasp in Boston where they obviously showed the replay on the scoreboard and that seemed to bring them back together that, okay, maybe we, maybe we didn't see it right. I well, mean, you're not they, supposed to be influenced by the scoreboard. Oh, I know, but that seemed to be the uh, TSN turning point in overtime when all of a sudden, you know, they convened and it was going to be a penalty. Zaka was in the box, and then you heard the roar from the crowd. Um, and then I assume it was because they had played it on the, uh, on the video board, and that's when they reconvened. <laughs> And, uh, and waved it off. Like I said, I've well, got no problem with it. In fact, David Kampf yeah. was probably closer to gloving the puck off the face. Well, he was. was. He yeah. was. It's just when he gloved the puck, he, his the puck wasn't in the dot. Like, it was still in the vicinity of the dot, but it wasn't in the dot. And I'm watching it thinking, what is this, like a negotiation? Like, we're not going <laughs> to give you... Like, we're not going to give you the Zaka penalty, so because we took that away, we won't give you the camp penalty because you're already down a guy. It was like it was like a negotiation um, on the beach somewhere in Europe <laughs> trying to negotiate with one of those people yeah. that are trying to sell you things. Yeah, now what game was it? I, was, uh, now I, I think it was Florida um, where the Leafs scored a goal where it looked like uh, the goaltender never did have it. 
and it popped loose, and the referee blew the whistle, and the Leafs scored, what, a second and a half after the whistle. And then it was discussed, and the goal counted, um, because with the discussion, they said the puck was never frozen, and yet the whistle had gone. So, um, you know, this is this is sort of the norm, but but I'm a, I'm a big fan of just having the right call. And, and I'm trying to think, was that, yeah. was that the Florida game where Paul Maurice went uh, a little bit oh, nuts on the yeah. officials? But yeah. um, anyway, it was, uh, I, I don't mind them doing that. You know, obviously when, when it's in your favor, you don't want it to get turned over. But, uh, but it was definitely the right call. And, um, you know, Morgan Riley, who uh, looked like he was going to make the save of the game on that penalty on Marshawn, because Marshawn had a, an empty net to put it into before Morgan Riley was able to get a piece of him. Well, now you've, you've rekindled the uh, image of Paul Maurice turning beet red. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to sleep tonight. Um, Ryan O'Reilly back in the lineup tonight and uh, was certainly welcome back. He looked pretty good, didn't he? Yeah, and it just seems to, you know, when you've got that full complement of the 12 forwards, uh, it just feels so balanced, doesn't it? It, do- it doesn't feel like yeah. you've, you know, you're throwing a line over for five to seven minutes a game that you just hope plays even. Um, you know, each, each line has a purpose, uh, regardless of ice time and, and can bring a lot of positive and you know, whether that's in on the four check or, you know, the, the dump and chase and, um, bang the opposition around. I think you really like the balance that it gives you, especially down the middle. And if David Kempf is your, your fourth line center, um, I think things are going pretty well. I, I would agree. And one of my biggest takeaways from this game is it's a two, one loss to Boston in overtime in Boston and you could make the argument that the camp line, that fourth line, was your best line tonight on a number of occasions. And that's not going to win you games. But the fact that you had a chance to win this game and you didn't necessarily get a ton from your top six, and that's a totally different conversation. But just from a team perspective, when it's not, you know, when it's not Matthews dominating the game and it's not Marner dominating the game and it's like it's a fourth line, it just kind of indicates to me that there was a concerted effort there within the team to not make big mistakes at inopportune times. And we talked, we said we had this saying going through the game where they were kind of playing chess and not checkers. And like, there should be some faith in that room that you can beat a team like Boston because they're right there tonight. Like they absolutely can. And you can make the argument that if they do get more from the top six, that's a game the Leafs should win. Yeah, no, I am. I agree a hundred percent. And obviously, Pasternak, uh, you know, was a little late to the party, but he was the one that ended it in overtime. Uh, and, and I think a positive, even though the top six for the Leafs, um, you know, and especially in the power play, I, I think as good as Boston's penalty kill is, I think that's where again, you know, you you get an opportunity to extend the lead uh, to two nothing yeah. in the third, and you can't do it. I mean, you know, we talk about the things that you need to do in the postseason. Uh, that's a perfect spot where you need a power play goal to sort of take a stranglehold of the game. And, and not only were they not able to do it, they, um, you know, they kind of floundered on the power play opportunities they had tonight. So um, it's uh, the good thing is though, they, uh, they didn't get outplayed. Their top guys didn't get outplayed by the Boston top players. Um, it was pretty much a stalemate, which is, you know, what makes um, you know, the third and fourth line so much more important. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with your assessment. It's like a, 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 a what am I looking for? A playoff game, um, just because you know you have to take advantage of that that power play there, um, and and you could in a in a playoff situation have a game like this and lose. You could be down in the series, 
but you didn't play bad. You have to go out and, and find a way in the next game. I mean, this is almost like a learning exercise for them, isn't it? Yeah, and you know what? They they have had some success in the power play of late, uh, getting that double screen in front. Um, and I'm thinking of Tavares. It might have been against Detroit where, uh, you know, Tavares had a redirection on a point shot, but Yarncroft was in front of him. It was sort of a double a double screen in front of the goaltender, and, and, and I like that. Instead of, you know, always just trying to throw it to Matthews on the left or Marner on the right um, or, or Nylander on the right, uh, you know, get traffic in front and, and try to score the old-fashioned way. And uh, because uh, the Leafs really have trouble. Nylander got caught a couple of times trying to force it through the box, and uh, the pass was easily picked off. So I think from uh, from a Leafs standpoint, they, they've got to get back to that where, you know what, if they're, if they're taking away the scene, then um, try to get the dirty one with a couple of guys in front looking for a redirection or a rebound or a screen and, and score ugly because they all look like great goals in the box score the next day. Well, that was one of the things Nylander did a lot last year. For as much criticism as he faced, Ralphie, it seemed like he would score a lot in and around the blue paint on the power play. And for me, when the Leafs' power play is at its best, like we've talked about this in the past, and and you kind of alluded to it, where you need to establish that shot early on because the seam passes that we love, that that generate those great chances, those, those don't open up unless you get the penalty kill running around a little bit. And then the other thing is it's no secret how to kill a penalty when you're playing against the Leafs. It's pressure on the half walls, and it's pressure on Morgan Riley. And there was a couple times where the Leafs won the faceoff in the offensive zone on the power play, and whoever it was for Boston, whether it was Zaka, um, whoever's killing the penalty, is like making a beeline for Morgan Riley and putting a ton of pressure there, and then the pressure continues on the half wall. And when you go back to that Nashville game, it was a, a, a week a week and a half ago in, in Nashville, they did a nice job where they realized all the pressure was high and it was like a light bulb went off and it was like, oh, the plays to be made are actually down low in and around the net. And then it was Marner, bang, bang, right onto the stick of Tavares. And then it's like, now you got teams guessing. Now, is Morgan Riley going to take the one-timer, which he's doing more of? Now do I have to stay a little lower near the net with Marner? But unless you kind of establish that shot and back them off a little bit it's it's a little too predictable that's when it gets stale yeah and, and i also find that the you know the reason i think uh, that these scene passes don't work is um you know you've got one one guy with the puck and you got four other guys that are pretty stagnant you know so it's uh it's like trying to guard a table hockey team sometimes that if nobody's moving uh and we saw that even you know when riley i know it was in overtime um but, you know, you saw how Marshawn all of a sudden at the last second took off to get open. And, um, and it was Morgan Riley that had to react to it and hook him or it would have been an empty net tap-in. Um, I, I think that's when the Leafs are better as well, Frankie, when there's more motion. When you've got John Tavares who will go behind the net and come out the other side. Watch you know, instead of Yeah. Like, I know they don't have, like, I know the Leafs don't have McDavid, but they got some pretty damn good players. And watch the way that power play runs. Nugent Hopkins yeah. gets a lot of touches, but as far as Dreisaitl and McDavid, they could be anywhere. Yeah, and like, there's they could so be much anywhere. motion. Yeah, yeah and it's the emphasis, the onus is on you. Like, get open for one, and if you got the puck, you're looking for those guys. They're, they're not predictable in where they are on the ice and how they look for each other. Yeah, and that's, like I said, I think that's when, when the Leafs are good. And... Uh, and I think a lot of it surrounds uh, John Tavares. You know, if, if Tavares just sort of gets off the back post and, and kind of waits, um, that pass never seems to come through the scene. Uh, but when you see him sort of move out towards the hash marks, and you you brought up the goal in Tampa, 
the one power play goal. One was on a, a redirection, but uh, yeah, the other one was that little uh, uh, pass from below the goal line from Marner back out into the slots of Tavares. Um, so I, I would, you know, love to see more of that when uh, we get a little more traffic in front instead of, you know, everybody sort of spreading out and uh, sometimes looking for something that never comes. Ralphie, thanks for hanging around. Appreciate right. it. Thanks, boys. See you, Ralphie. Boston wins it 2-1 in overtime, and uh, the Leafs uh, visit the uh, lost column, albeit in an overtime situation, and uh, we'll come back to uh, Scotiabank Arena for their final home game on Saturday, which we'll have for you. This is Leafs Game Night at TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the iHeartRadio app, and the Leafs Radio Network. Leafs game night. Jim Taddy and Frank Corrado reporting. Boston went to 2-1 in overtime just as a penalty had expired for the Leafs. Ryan O'Reilly back in the Leafs lineup tonight. Played 17-03 and after the game talked about how he felt after a tough game. Yeah, it's disappointing. Obviously, you know, played a good game and, you know, kind of couldn't win it either way there. Um, you know, it was, you know, great to be back. It's the most fun I had in a long time just being able to be out there and being that competitive, you know, especially against that team. Just a real tight game. You know, it was tight everywhere and, you know, it was really... You know, felt great to be back. You know, overall for my game, I thought, you know, did some good things. Uh, still was kind of fighting up a bit. Timing was a little off in certain things, but um, for the most part, it felt great. Um, yeah, just got to clean up a few things, but uh, it's nice. We've got four four more to kind of fine-tune it before playoffs, but, um, yeah, you know, I thought it was a good uh, first one. Is that where you just rely on instincts or, like, some of the puck battles and stuff you were doing there to kind of move the puck forward, like, in tight and things yeah, like just, that? Yeah, just kind of like those times I had more time and forcing a player, you know, puck was coming to me and just mishandled. Kind of those little things just, you know, I'm getting the feel of the game back, which, you know, I didn't really like, but... Um, and overall, I think it progressed. You know, the more the game went on, the better I felt. So it's uh, you know, something to build off of, for sure. What do you make of being selected for that overtime situation? We've seen different mixes in there, but you going out there to at least start that session and kind of how things kind of went from there to the very end. Yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, that's a draw I got to kind of win, especially with my role here. It's, you know, I got to win that draw, get possession and such. But uh, it's nice to see this confidence in me to go out there. And, you know, again, I, you know, Bergeron takes me wide there next year. It's, you know, you got to take a penalty and such like that. So I didn't like that. Uh, you know, I think that's something, again, I'm better at it. I know how to kind of defend better than that. But, um, you know, it's nice to you know, see his confidence in me there. Make of Elias' performance now with Matt not around. Like, there's a lot that's kind of expected of him going forward here in a pretty tight game. Kind of working on. Yeah, he deserved that win. You know, I thought he made some huge, uh, huge saves, especially early too. Um, they came out hard, and he kind of kept us right there until we kind of got our feet under us and such. But um, you know, the whole game, he played a great game. You know, he gave up you know, two goals to that team, which is a very, very dynamic and hardworking team. So he, uh, you know, he played very good tonight. Is that a playoff-style feel for you guys? Uh, yeah, it's, you know, as close as it can to be. You know, playoffs is always different. But, yeah, I had that feel. You know, you saw how tight it was, you know, both ends of the ice, the way you guys tracked, the way you guys, you know, stopped on puck. There was no there was no easy battles out there. And that's fun. You know, that's that's the playoff. You know, it's getting towards that. And you can see that I had that feel tonight. And, you know, it's disappointing. We don't have the two points. But, um, you know, there's a lot of good things we did. Are they a heavier team than they were in 19 when you actually had success against the Blues? Um, you know, that's kind of, I think, what, the second time I've seen them this year. Um, yeah, I think, you know, there's still, you know, it's, yeah, it's tough to kind of compare it. But, yeah, it's, you know, they do have some heavy, yeah, heavy physical as well. Um, you know, a lot of similarities. But, yeah, like I said, they're a little different in ways. And some physicality, some bigger guys over there that are uh, very effective. Ryan O'Reilly postgame, 2-1 Boston wins in overtime. I like what Ralphie said earlier, Frankie C., about the, the, the full complement of the forward unit there, and, and it looked good, uh, just a goal short. 
Yeah, exactly. And health. Health is such a big thing right now. I don't know if you've seen this from around the league, but Joel Erickson got hurt in Minnesota. That's a big loss for them. Yeah. But more than that, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay Lightning are now without Anthony Sorelli, Brandon Hagel, Tanner Janot, Pat Maroon, and Eric Chernak. A bunch of those players left oh. the game tonight. So the biggest thing that you take out of this game for the Leafs is that Ryan O'Reilly is back. He's feeling good. He got yeah. through the game no problem. We just heard him talking. Doesn't sound like there's anything as far as a setback there. So that's obviously very encouraging. But no one, no one left the game. Like, going into the playoffs here... A lot of times the best team wins, and a lot of that has to do with who's going to stay the healthiest down the stretch. And if you're starting the playoffs not healthy, good luck staying healthy the rest of the way because you don't get better. You just manage injuries at that point. So if if you could take one big thing out of this game for the Leafs, you've, you've knocked one more game off your schedule, and no one left the game. In fact, you actually got a player back in Ryan O'Reilly, who you saw – when you add him into this mix, there's a little more depth there. And there's a player who can make some plays, who can be defensively responsible, who can win you some faceoffs. although he talked about how he would have liked to win a couple more faceoffs there, and he knows how much pride he takes in that. But, yeah, Ralphie's right. Like, looking at this, this full slate of forwards that the Leafs have to work with, there's a lot of versatility, there's a lot of different looks, and there's a lot of ways Sheldon Keefe can configure this to get more out of the top six. But uh, very encouraging that players are healthy and very encouraging that you get that kind of effort from your fourth line tonight. That line of Camp, Aston Reese, and Sam Lafferty was excellent. Okay, let's get some more post-game sound. This will be Sam Lafferty on battling with the Bruins. You know, it was a really hard-fought game, playoff style, and, you know, we competed hard for 60 minutes and, and overtime, too, so um, I think we're uh, really starting to find the style we need to play, and um, overall I thought it was uh, just, you know, really hard-fought effort. I know you're not a stranger dropping out of the gloves, but that looked like it wasn't something you started. It was just a, a clean hit. Um, what do you make of that situation when that when you're kind of thrown into that after a hit that you kind of come uh, right back in the battle? Yeah, it was... Uh, Maybe it looked hit looked a little worse. Uh, just kind of maybe turned at the last second, and I was already committed to hit it. And uh, at that point, you kind of expect uh, someone to come in. So um, you know that stuff happens. Just part of the game. What did you see on the the goal or getting set up? Did you kind of sense that you can kind of get into that spot for Freezer uh, uh, to get it to you? It was an unbelievable play. I just uh, I just went to the net and just uh, the puck just was right on my tape. So. Um, you know, credit to Reeser, unbelievable play. Yesterday, uh, Sheldon was talking about how, um, you know, finding some stability in your role is going to kind of help you the rest of the way forward. Now that you've kind of settled into this kind of spot, do you kind of feel like that's going to help your game kind of go between now and the playoffs? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty clear role. I, I know exactly what's asked of me, so it's, um, yeah, it's nice. I think there's a good foundation right now with our line and lots to build on. What's uh, What stands out about David Camp in that line for you guys? Um, he kind of does it all for us. He, uh, you know, is good in the face-off circle. He wins his battles. He's uh, just seems like he's always in the right spot to support the puck, to break it out, and in the O-zone too. So, um, yeah, he's, he's a horse. He's uh, really easy to play with. So that's Mr. Lafferty after the 2-1 loss in Boston. And uh, for our listeners, Frankie C. and I were arguing throughout the course of the third period via text on what we should call Mr. Camp because he was, uh, I called him a stud performer tonight. You had other terms that I don't think we could air, actually. <laughs> 
well, you called him a stud. I called him a workhorse, and Sam Lafferty yeah. just called him a horse. So take your yeah. pick there, but they're all pretty fitting for how David Camp plays the game and specifically how he played tonight. Just thought there was such a good engine on him all night long. And here's where you see that come through. A puck will get dumped down the ice on the penalty kill, and you can see a lot about how what kind of legs players has when you watch the first three strides that they take. And some players can kind of mosey on down the ice, get into their structure as far as the penalty kill and just accept the rush. And there's nothing wrong with that. But this guy, every single time, it was like three hard strides and he wanted to go put some pressure on down the ice. He just had that jump. He had that little extra tonight. And I, it just, it paid a lot. Uh, it paid off a lot for that line. I just felt like they were really engaged. They were all around the puck and they did a nice job of when they didn't have it, getting it back. And like, that's part of what makes that line really effective. Lafferty has good pace. He can skate. Um, it, it seems like he has a, a knack for protecting the puck. And Zach Aston Reese, good on battles tonight, like won a lot of stick battles. And then you add in the fact yeah. that David Camp is so responsible. He's in the right spot to help you out, provides you a ton of support. Um, I like that line, but David Camp, take your pick. Stud, workhorse, horse, really doesn't matter. He was really good tonight. <laughs> Yeah, there was another term, but I'm not going to use it. But nonetheless, uh, what I like about that line is, I mean, you detailed nicely. I mean, it's a shutdown line. There's no question about that. Plays with energy. Uh, so, I mean, it can be counted on for a couple of things. Like, let's let's get out there and, and, and cause some havoc, you know, with the forecheck. They're aggressive. Uh, shutdown. You're confident about them defensively. And, you know, that that's a nice feature that I don't think the team's had in a while. Well, you need them to go out and win a shift, right? Like we saw yeah. tonight where the top six wasn't able to generate a ton offensively, and that's going to happen. Like that's the nature of playing a really good team like Boston. As much as we think of playoff hockey as highlight real hockey, it, what it is, Jimmy, is great moments at big times. That's what makes playoff hockey. Tonight, the Boston Bruins got that moment with David Pasternak, okay? For the yeah. Leafs, they didn't get that moment tonight, but the fourth line certainly found a way to build momentum for this team and win their shift more often than not. And that's big. Like, a coach needs to be able to go down the bench when the game is in a little bit of a stalemate and there's some chess being played and say, I need you guys to play with some energy and win me a shift and have a shift. Like, that's the one I always used to hear on the bench. Let's. I need you guys to have a shift. And that line can do it, and they can find a way to kind of tilt the ice in your in your direction when you need it. Okay, one last piece of sound before we break. Zach Aston Reese on the rivalry with the Bruins. Just a playoff like game. Um, you know, I don't think we like those guys. They don't like us. Um, it's good. Like we play so well for like 59 minutes, you know, and then whether we take a penalty or we just have that 10 second lapse where we give up a rush and it ends up in our net. But um, solid effort tonight, and um, you know, despite the loss, you know, overtime, four on three stuff. But um, a lot of good takeaways from tonight. It looked like you guys were getting a lot of time in that fourth line situation, starting the game sort of the third period. In the, yeah. Um, what do you make of just the way you kind of connected with Camp and Lafferty? 
Um, you know, we've been rolling here for the last, you know, three or four games. Um, it's easy to play when, when the head coach believes in you and, um, you know, the rest of the team does as well. And they're expecting you to get the momentum. I thought we did a good job of that tonight. Um, Boston's a team that comes out so hot. So, um, you know, Sammy bailed us out in the beginning for his five minutes, but I thought we grabbed a hold of it, grabbed a hold of it there. And, um, you know, wasn't too, too big of a deal after that. It looked like both you and Sam were kind of setting the tone with the hits there. I know that's yep. been a lot of the message there, but also like, in addition to that, you're also getting the offense, Sam goes, you find him across it's for, for goal, at least the first one to start the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, they kind of go hand in hand. I mean, when you start the game off physical, uh, it's more of a mindset thing. You know, the D are going to be weary to go back for pucks and, and not want to take a hit, or the wingers on the wall don't want to get hit, so they kind of just throw it away quick. Um, so that's kind of what happened. Boston wins it 2-1 in overtime. This is Leafs game night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs radio network. Leafs game night. Jim Taddy and Frank Corrado reporting. 2-1 Boston wins in overtime. Coach Keith on his thoughts after the game. I thought our guys played incredibly hard. It took us a little bit to, to adjust to the opponent. Obviously, it's a much different game here than we've played of late, certainly than we played last game. But I thought our guys played real hard. Uh, it's a big point for us. We started the game with the fourth line, the third period with the fourth line as well. It looked like um, they were kind of clicking as well. Like, what did you like out of their particular with Those guys have been excellent for a number of games now. Yeah, so... You know, they, they're playing hard, they're fast, they're strong defensively. They've been producing and scoring for us as they did again here tonight in the game in which it was extremely hard to generate any sort of offense either way. So, yeah, they've been great. Given the level of the opponent and kind of before the season talking about maybe what the fourth line was going to kind of look like in the future, is that kind of the identity you were kind of looking at? Yeah, absolutely. Just from from a physical standpoint, is it the hitting uh, hitting combined with the ability to score the right goals? It's not even so much. It's it's just the pressure on the puck. It's playing smart, uh, playing connected as a group of three. They're advancing the puck. They're putting pressure on the opponent. You know, they're getting the puck to the net and getting rewarded for it. And then when it's time to defend, they're great defenders. So they they are in the confidence of the coach that when, when they're out there, they're they're going to either do good things or they're not going to allow anything anything bad to happen. Yeah, so they've really come together here for the last few games and we can you see that momentum continuing. You talked a little bit about Sam Lafferty this morning, kind of his comfort level. Did you see that through stretches here tonight? Yeah, for sure. He was excellent tonight. I mean, he's skiing with a puck, but he's putting pressure on the opposition. He's physical tonight. Draws a fight, which draws a power play for us. He scores a huge goal. Uh, you, you can't ask much more from what those guys are bringing in for us right now. What did you make of Ryan O'Reilly's return in there? It looked like there were certain times where with puck battles and things like that that he kind of made a difference for you. I thought he was, yeah, he's great. He's, and you're playing an opponent like that tonight, you you need to have playoff-like habits. Like we talked about, whether it's first game or not, he comes right in and he just plays the game with such intelligence and uh, put the puck to good spots. He was good on the battle. Uh, yeah, he was really good. Really good today. I tried to, I thought his minutes were a little low in the first period. I tried to get him up a little bit higher. I think we, you know, we don't have a lot of time to get him to get him back up to speed in terms of the conditioning. Um, so I tried to, tried to double him up and get him back out there, but I thought he dealt with that all really well. It's great to have him. Did that playoff-like habits kind of extend to more than just what we see out on the ice? Yeah. He's the most local guy on the, uh, that we have on the bench. He's talking nonstop. Um, so 
uh, it's just a great presence for us. Makes a big difference having him in there. Did getting the minutes, was that also going into the decision to have him in overtime as well, or was that just a field thing? Well, it's obviously we've been starting uh, camper a lot in overtime situations, and it's a similar mindset for us. Uh, I think I, I believe in the previous overtime we've had with O'Reilly in the lineup, I did the exact same thing. And what did you make of Elias' performance? This is another game now where you know without Matt around, he's going to be counted on a lot and uh, keeps you guys in for a period. Yeah, he's solid. Very solid. So there's not a lot of offense to go around for either team here tonight. Uh, both teams defended incredibly hard, but uh, he was solid. Didn't let anything in that he shouldn't. And in games like this, that's what you're asking for. It looks like you guys have now locked in number two. What does that mean for you guys to, to have home ice advantage here knowing and the preparation? Yeah, I don't know where the, where the Tampa game is at, but it's, you know, it's another... So the checkpoint, if you will, like we talked about when you clinch the playoffs, uh, clinch the playoff spot, that's an accomplishment along the way. Uh, and that feels good when there's still runway left. And, uh, you know, getting getting home ice, you know, where, like I said, whether we, whether, it, whether it happens tonight or whether we can earn it, you know, uh, the remaining games, it's another thing that you're in the position to do that in a very competitive division. Uh, so it's, you might as well make that happen too. And, you know, tonight's a big point on the road here for us against a very good team in a building which it's extremely difficult to come away with anything. So, so it's a good night for us. Sheldon Keefe, so to that point about where they stand, they have 103 points now. Tampa lost tonight 6-1 to the Islanders. They have 96. They have three games left, so it's official. The Leafs will have home ice in the first round. They've clinched second in the division. And, you know, I mean, that's, uh, that's something to celebrate. Absolutely, and it's well-earned. The Leafs have had a really good season in a tough division where you have to play Tampa and Boston, and the Leafs have earned this, and hopefully they can use it to their advantage this year. One of the things that Sheldon Keefe talked about in that post-game availability is Ryan O'Reilly being vocal on the bench and how he's by far the most vocal guy. Like when Ray Ferraro used to do his daily hits on overdrive, that was one of the things that he would mention because he was always between the benches for the games. And when things went south for the Leafs, he said it would get so quiet on that bench and like almost somber. And regardless of whether it was Babcock who was the coach or Sheldon Keefe, and having a guy like O'Reilly, yes, he's accomplished a lot in the league, playoff MVP, all that kind of stuff, winning a Stanley Cup, Selkie. But to actually be a vocal guy and have people listen to what you say is really, really important. So he, he kind of like he walks the walk as much as he talks the talk. And it's really important to have a player like that. And when when things get tough, like when, when the game is maybe not the way you want it to be going, to have a guy that can kind of has that cachet like anyone can talk on the bench like Jimmy I could have been back there when I was playing I could have talked on the bench you know what it would have meant to anyone not much right but when someone has that kind of cachet and they're able to be vocal that's when it really carries some weight and it doesn't have to be raw raw it's actually worse if it's too like cheerleader raw raw it just needs to be professional direct and to the point and I would imagine Ryan O'Reilly is all three of those things well, it has to come from. I'm not slamming you. I'm, I'm just saying that whoever does this has to be able to has has to have the credibility to say it, right? And, exactly. and he has that with his yeah. uh, with his individual awards and Stanley Cup with uh, with St. Louis. I would venture to say to you that that that's not. A, I mean, that's a very specific person who could do that on a new team. Some guys, when they come into new teams, like to sort of uh, figure out. 
you know, where the leadership is so they don't undercut it. So, I mean, that's, that's uh, I'm not going to say bold, but, but that's somewhat aggressive, isn't it? Well, that's a great point that you make because sometimes you, you come into a room and you think things are going really well and they mesh and you're like, okay, I don't want to step on too many toes. And sometimes guys can go about it the wrong way. The guy that comes in like bull in a china shop, kind of yelling, rah, rah type guy, it's like you need to earn that a little bit. And he's earned that, but it's just different when you get into a different room and you haven't been there very long. But that's, I mean, that's such an advantage of having a guy like this. Like, I'm fortunate, like, I've skated with him in the off-seasons, and I've been able to, to be around him and understand the kind of um, the kind of guy he is. He's, he's almost the perfect fit for that kind of player where um, he's vocal to an extent where it just feels like someone's dragging you in a little bit, and it's not over the top, which is really important because guys can be like, if it's a little over the top, guys will be like, man, just, just give it a rest. You know, like, we, we don't need to hear it like that. Yeah. Yeah, counterproductive. Uh, I like the way you, you know, the way you passed along what Ray said, because as you were describing that, I think all of us could understand various moments in the in the recent past of the Leafs where we saw that and and there was there was no rally or or sort of answer. And and that has I mean, you can point the finger wherever you want, but it's the players that have to solve that. Right. Yeah, well, and that could be anything. That could be a bad penalty or a bad goal against or, you know, like people talk about the dreaded two-goal lead and then you get scored on and it's now a one-goal lead. It's like those are very deflating moments to have someone who has the presence of mind to kind of distract or deflect the bench and, and bring some kind of vocal positivity um, or leadership makes makes a really big difference. And as far as, you know, like being quiet and loud – one thing we haven't really talked about coming out of this game, and I know we have a couple minutes left here, how quiet were yeah. Boston's big guys tonight? Like, as much as the Leafs' top yeah. six was pretty quiet, Boston's big two lines was equally as quiet. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. I mean, you know, I mean, there was intensity there, but I think it's some sort of a, sort of acknowledgement from both sides that, hey, we want to play a good game, but we don't want to get hurt. I mean, you you talked about Tampa. I was watching the, uh, the Senators in, in Florida game. There were all kinds of fights. I mean, you want to have sort of have some control there, don't you? Absolutely. And and we were talking about that on Leafs Lunch today. We actually interviewed Andy Brickley, who does color commentary for Nesson with, with Jack Edwards, and I kind of asked him, Andy, is this one of those games where guys go out for a skate, everyone touches the puck, and maybe there's not too much intensity, but really the guys just want to get out of the game feeling good about their game and healthy? And he, he kind of shot it down. He's like, no, absolutely not. These guys want to go toe-to-toe. They want to, you know, everyone wants to get the upper hand. And, yeah, to a certain degree, but, man, you, you start losing players. Like, like we saw Mitch Marner get stepped on last game against Columbus. You lose, you lose yeah. Mitch Marner. It's it's curtains, like it's it's over, man. So yeah. as as much as it's important to to have a, a good game and win games and have offensive production and be solid defensively and get good goaltending, right now main priority is health, and that's what you got coming out of this game. So it's one more game down and a few more to go, and you've clinched home ice advantage. Frankie C, uh, you know you've put in. Big service today. Uh, you know, I know we're going to talk again on Yes Guy at, at noon on, on Saturday on TSN 1050. And, you know, we're going to do the game together. But you did Leafs lunch today, too. I mean, you need a rest. Jimmy, I'm going to take a little bit of a rest. And I'm going to come in hot on Saturday night for our pregame show. Leafs Habs, 6 p.m. on the Leafs radio network. 
This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network.